Our guest today used to be a fixture in the music scene in Oregon, then he got married and moved to Victoria. That's in Canada. Or maybe he moved first, I don't know, but whatever. That's where David Vest lives now. He's won all kinds of national awards there. He's releasing his first recordings in three years. Two CDs, both live, but very different from each other. One recorded at a festival in Calgary, and the other at a small club in Victoria. The festival is full of our favorite David Vest tunes, Raucous Boogie Woogie. The other is very subtle, and I don't know that there's a name for it yet. The songs are familiar blues tunes, but the arrangements and the attitudes, well, it's, it's almost chamber blues, you might call it. Mr. Vest will tell it best, and we'll hear a tune from the club at the end. David Vest, I can see you on this little screen here. Nobody can else can see you, but I can see you. And I haven't seen you for a long time, and well, I miss you. I miss you. I miss you too, Tom. I miss Portland and all my friends down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing? I, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, I, you know, the world has turned into invasion of the body snatchers out there. Yes. Um, we had an incident this week where somebody threw threw gravel and rocks at the, the prime minister of Canada. I saw that. Yeah, that's that's kind of uh, that that doesn't happen. So I, I think you know, the night of the living dead is on us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And there's nothing we can do about it, really. No. Not really. You know, you can't keep on rocking. You can't convince anybody of anything. So why even try? Mm-hmm. I suppose. I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm I'm still putting shit out there. So you know, I got to do something. Do something. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you've got some of those songs, those 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 political songs on this on on these two new this, these two new albums that you got out. Yeah, uh, you know, there's there's not a lot of uh, new original material on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, live in Calgary, uh, which was recorded at the Calgary International Blues Festival in 2019 with Peter Dammon coming up and joining my band. Oh, yeah. Uh, we we did a, you know, we were just doing a bunch of stuff from the different albums there. You, you know, you kind of run through the greatest hits package at these big festivals. And, uh, the, you know, the one thing that the two albums have in common, one is recorded live at Herman's Jazz Club in Victoria, which is the oldest continuously operating jazz club in Canada. Wow. And the uh, I'd have to say about the best room acoustically and for every other reason that I've ever played in. Wow. That sounds uh, up. It, yeah. And everybody, you know, everybody you've ever heard of has played there mm-hmm. uh, from, you know, Wenton Marsalis on down has, has appeared in this club or come and set in with the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's been going continuously for 40 years now. Wow. Good times and bad. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I thought this, this is a special place, and they've been really good to me. I've played there, you know, once a month since 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I wanted to do one that, that has the feel and the ambiance and the just the sonic qualities of, of that club. So mm-hmm. the other one's Herman's Jazz Club. But what we put on both of them, uh, they sound very different. Oh, you know, totally. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they sound com- completely different yeah and the one thing they have in common is they both include a cover of a song by piano red piano red now piano red is not speckled red right no it's, it's 
Piano Red is is Speckled Red's little brother. Okay. <laughs> much younger brother. Huh. Okay. Uh, you, you know, Speckled Red was famous for doing the the dozens. The dozens, yeah. In, in, in the songs, uh, but but uh, Piano Red, his name was Willie Perryman, <laughs> and the record company said we can't call you Willie Perryman. We got to call you something else. And he said, "Well, uh -huh. my brother's Speckled Red." And they said, "Well, let's call you Piano Red." Piano Red, yeah. <laughs> so, but he was a tremendous influence on me growing up. Uh, he's from Alabama. No, he's from Georgia. Huh. Okay. He, he, I don't know exactly where he was born, but he lived his whole life in the Atlanta area. Uh -huh. Of course, he toured all over the all over the world. Huh. Uh, but he he was the greatest. Man. He he just. Uh, he recorded under a bunch of different names. He he uh, he recorded as Doctor Feelgood and the Interns, and they had a massive hit with the song called "You Got the Right String, Baby, But the Wrong Yo-Yo." That was his tune. I ain't no stranger. I've been here before. I don't have to knock on nobody's door. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, went down to the. I went. Uh, I went to the hardware store, got a brand new yo-yo, went to the doctor to get the string put on. He turned around and put the string on wrong. <laughs> <laughs> got the right string, baby, but the wrong yo-yo. Yo-yo, that's funny. And, and he recorded what, you know, everybody's got their little list of songs that could be the first rock and roll record, like yeah. Fat Stomino did the Fat Man, and Ike Turner did that Rocket Rock 88, 88 thing. Yeah. Uh -huh. And, uh... But uh, in the early 50s, uh, Piano Red did a tune called Rockin' with Red. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, some people call that the first full-on rock and roll record. Uh, but I, I did that song in Calgary. Uh -huh. And then... Uh, Which song? Uh, 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 rockin' song? with Red. Oh, rock, okay, Rockin' gotcha. with Red. Rockin' with Red, gotcha. gotcha. And at Herman's, I did two of his songs. I did Woo-Ee. <laughs> Woo -wee. Woo -wee. Uh, yeah, look what you're doing to me. Uh, and 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 I did his his version, his arrangement of a song that everybody knows. Uh, uh, Since I fell for you, which is of course mm -hmm. written by a great honky tonk piano player named Buddy Johnson, who yeah. also led a big big sure. swing band, and they were sure. really big in mm -hmm. the day. And so uh, everyone does that as a kind of soulful. Mm -hmm. Gritty, you know, kind of Bobby Blue Bland like ballad, but mm -hmm. but uh, Piano Red rocked it up, <laughs> and uh, I kind of followed in his footsteps. And I guess what I'm trying to do with this Piano Red stuff is is kind of point back toward the headwaters of where this stuff comes from, mm -hmm. you know. And he's he's somebody that's overlooked a lot, and they talk about the Mississippi Delta, and they talk about the New Orleans guys, but mm -hmm. for piano players, Piano Red, <laughs> he's the thing. I mean, he's uh, most of his stuff's not in print; it's hard to find. Yeah, but yeah. but it's astonishingly great. Yeah, I've played him on on my radio show. Yeah, yeah. that's great. That's that's awesome. That's terrific. Um, so I, I wanted to I wanted to you know just just say you know if you're looking for where this comes from, look in this direction. Yeah. So who uh, who is your who, who is your band in the, on these records? My band is my regular band. They've been my, my regular band for five or six years now. Mm -hmm. uh, the the jazz drummer, Damian Graham, plays in my blues band. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, he's uh, 
Yeah, I mean the Rolling Stones hired a jazz guy. Why shouldn't I? That's right. <laughs> and uh, what and is what what what's, what what is the what what is good about having a jazz guy as your drummer uh, in a blues band? Swing, because the the thing missing in most modern versions of the blues is this total lack of swing. Uh. Just thudding along. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that little give and take kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and 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 you know uh, uh, he's the kind of drummer that plays attention. <laughs> like his his playing is is related and based on what's going on around him. You know mm-hmm. he he hears mm-hmm. everything that's happening. Hmm. Where a lot of blues musicians they play so loud nobody can hear anything. And they just want to hear themselves. Yeah, and Big yeah. Walter Thunderbird used to say, "Son, why are you playing a band if you don't like to listen to music?" <laughs> <laughs> and they would just stare at him. And he said, "Well, you hadn't heard a damn thing I'm doing. <laughs> you, know, you come out here to listen to yourself." <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, I like the sound of people playing attention. I like I like uh-huh. to hear the musicians listening to each other. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of records where you you can hear that, uh, but but Damian Graham, man, he's he's you know he's if he's not the best drummer in Canada, the other guy's hiding somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the upright bass, I have Ryan Tandy, who's uh, a young fella who's really into. Uh, he really came up through the jazz route too, and he's been learning steadily about the blues since he first started getting around me. Mm. And you know he just he discovered some of these guys and his eyes, you know, popped open wide and you know <laughs> point me to more of that. You know, so he's been listening. To, he's the kind of guy that listens to everything he can get his hands on. Uh-huh. And then my guitar player uh, Tom Bowler is a guy from from Manitoba actually. Wow. <laughs> who uh, came out here quite a while ago. He mm-hmm. he. Uh, and he plays loud, raucous electric guitar on the Live in Calgary album, yeah. but he plays all acoustic, um, kind of classical string guitar on on the Live at Herman's. Sounds like a different person. Yeah, it, it, he he does. He's he's got a lot of different. He also plays in a in a Steely Dan cover band called Pretzel Logic, <laughs> so he can do that stuff too. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, when we did a tribute to the Everly Brothers, he had to be Phil. He could sing a little higher than me, so uh, <laughs> you know. I uh, but but those those are the four mainstays. Sometimes I add some horns, depending mm-hmm. on the occasion and the, what I feel like playing. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I can get somebody like Peter Damon, uh, and yeah, you know, and then people don't know this about Canada, but but you can go anywhere in Canada and get A-list players to come and play with you. Mm-hmm. First first time I went to Calgary, I took a trio, and I looked at the venue, and I said, you know, we're going to need a guitar player in here. Mm-hmm. And uh, a guy that was sitting right there picked up his phone and scrolled to it for a second. He said, now, do you want Amos Garrett or Tim Williams? <laughs> I mean, Amos Garrett is the guy that played the solo on Midnight at the Oasis, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's one of the greatest guitar players who ever lived, and, and Tim Williams is is off this planet great, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you go over to Toronto, and you know, you need a rhythm section. Well, how about the guys from Downchild? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they've only been in the business uh, 
little over 50 years, but they're off to a good start. <laughs> so you did uh, on, on, on the live at Herman's. That's when I, I mean, that, that, that's what uh, I really turned my head about that, about that guitar player. Because, yeah. you know, it's, it's you know, uh, you're you, obviously you don't want to be junior, junior park and he does not want to be any of the blue flames. It's, no. it's, 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 it's turn your damper down blue flames. Yeah. And I, you know, I said, forget that you're playing in a blues band. Uh-huh. Like what if Leonard Cohen called you and hired <laughs> you, you know, play the stuff you'd play. If, if you didn't know that this is supposed to be blues, because when people start playing what they think is supposed to be blues, out come the cliches, right? Yeah. Out, out come all the wanker stuff that they did out in the garage. <laughs> and, 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 you know, just play pretty music. Play, play like you were playing with Haji Dacus or Theodorakis, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. uh, some soulful, mellow cat. Uh, and basically what we did is we, we tried it and, both of us looked up and said, you know, this is uh, we got something new here. This this kind mm-hmm. of sound because nobody else is doing blues. I felt like George Sheeran must have felt the day they accidentally recorded the vibes with the motor off. <laughs> That's what happened. You know, they were in the studio and they're doing a take and the guy didn't turn on the motor on, on the vibes. And suddenly it sounds completely different. And it blends with the guitar and the piano. And he's doing these big, you know, block chords on the piano. Uh-huh. And the guy comes running out of the studio and says, that's it. Whatever you're doing, that's it. <laughs> and and all of his famous rec- George Sheeran Quintet records were made with the motor off on the vibraheart. Wow. Uh, hmm. Vibraphone or whatever they call it. Hmm. Hmm. Um, well, how did that? How does that concept work with Cal, Cal Davenport? <laughs> well, you, you know, Cal Cal Davenport... Uh, when he recorded his version of his song, the Cow Cow Blues, he called it. Yeah. Uh, you know, nobody had ever heard an electric guitar. Mm. Uh, because mm-hmm. guitars didn't get electrified until sometime after this stuff was recorded. Mm. And so when you're, when you're doing stuff from that vintage, I don't do it because it's old. I do it because it's good stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it would yeah. be great if it came out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a different kind of approach to the audience, a different kind of listening. You know, I, I know electric guitar players who can do this, too. Uh, you, you know, that kind of draw you in rather than blow you away. Mm-hmm. Make you lean in to hear better. Mm-hmm. Make you want to go a little deeper. Uh, that, you know, really smart guys that will turn down about the same time the amateurs are turning up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, use dynamics in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think it's really so, interesting. I think it's really interesting that you've got all these subtle changes uh, to these familiar, a lot of them familiar tunes on Live at Herman's, but yet the other one is David Vest ripping and roaring. Yeah, because we're we're just like I say, running through the greatest hits package there mainly. Yeah, with one or two covers, and uh, well, that's what your fans like. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, yeah, they, you haven't, you haven't, we haven't boogie woogie. They want to yeah. rock and roll, and uh, we haven't seen you for a long time, for years now, and especially here in Portland, we haven't seen you. We remember all those tunes from when we could see you. So having a new, a, you know, a, a, a fresh album of tunes that we like, that's a great idea. Yeah, I, I just, 
we didn't start out with the idea of putting out two albums on the same day, you know, because, uh, <laughs> you, you know, it's not like I'm Beyonce Jr. or anything. I'm, yeah. You know, it's something a hip, hard, hip hop artist might do or, yeah. <laughs> or some trendy new wave. They still have new wave, whatever they call no, it. No, they don't have it anymore. Anyway, and, you, and, you, and, you, and you don't have enough tattoos for that. Yeah, and, and first we first we had the the Calgary thing, and I thought this is, sounds pretty good. Let's set it off and get it mastered and see mm-hmm. how it really sounds. Mm-hmm. And it came back and it was great. And at that time, I didn't even realize uh, that any of the Herman's recordings existed. Really? Uh, well, like they didn't exist yet. At, hmm. at the time, I was you know thinking of releasing the live at Calgary album. I still hadn't. Uh, thought about the Herman's recordings, mm-hmm. but uh, he recorded a whole show we did on my birthday in 2020, back in November 2020, mm-hmm. when I turned 135. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah, you'll always be then, older than me, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and, and then, uh, he, he, well, whatever year you are, I got there first. You did. And, and, I tried and, to leave some for you. Well, I I don't know. It's, I think it's a race to the finish. <laughs> I don't want to use up all the years. You know, or all the birthday cakes either. Yeah, really? I, I, I prefer pie anyhow, as you know. <laughs> okay, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so here comes this Herman's thing, and, uh-huh. and we start listening to that, and Tom started mixing it and said, let's see what you think of this. We went back and remixed a little bit. Uh, and I thought, well, this is completely different from the Calgary, but it's it's really intriguing. Uh, cause it's a new kind of sound. We're playing old songs mm-hmm. like Wait in the Water and Mystery Train and My yeah. Bucket's Got a Hole in It, but we got this new sound for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought, well, the record company's not going to put out a live album this year and another live album next year. <laughs> and... And I don't know which one of them I want people to hear first anyway. So, and it's been three years since I had anything out. So yeah. why don't just put them both out and let people, you know, you know, and then once we decided that the record company was really nice, they said, well, how about making one of them, uh, one, the cover of one of them could be blue, the other red. <laughs> and I thought that way I'll be able to tell them apart. <laughs> you, you know, uh, well, it's speaking of that last record from three, has that been, really been three years? Three wow. years, 2018. I, I just played uh, Party Gone On a couple of weeks ago on my radio show, mm. which I love to play that song. That's a great song. That's a great song. It really is. You know, you know that. Well, it's 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 got a little story to it, you know. And it does. Um, yeah, you know, you get to the hotel room and you, you you're exhausted. You fall into the bed. And they get started in the room next door. About the time you try to go to sleep. <laughs> And you might as well get up and go join the party because you're not going to get any sleep. It happened to me at the Waldorf Astoria in New York. Really? I got put up in a room there, and I thought, boy, this is the high life now. And it was up on, like, the top floor of the Waldorf. Oh, and I thought, this is practically the penthouse apartment. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 really going to enjoy this. I ordered myself a Waldorf salad that it Whoa. brought to my room. <laughs> and uh, it was, was, was okay. But... The uh, National Football League was having some kind of Hall of Fame banquet next door. Oh. <laughs> Era procedure and rip-roaring drunk, yelling up and down the hall. I got on the elevator with him. He was screaming all the way down to the lobby. 
and a lot of these old coaches and players, and this was, you know, their, their big party of the century or something. And there's no way the Waldorf Astoria is going to tell the National Football League to shut up because no. the piano player is trying to sleep in the next room. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I didn't get any sleep at the Waldorf. Well, you have memorialized that event really perfectly in that song. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I can hear it through the wall. Yeah. But, uh, this, but there, I guess I guess you didn't want to write about Arab Parsegian since he's dead or something, right? Is that it? Right, right. You I didn't, didn't want to do that. Yeah. I didn't want to, you know, get sued. Throw, right. Throw shade <laughs> on anybody, really. Uh, but then you, you're talking about the variations on these old songs that we're doing. You know, uh -huh. I rewrote a lot of them and tweaked the lyrics to make them to, to try to pull a different story out of them. Uh huh. Uh, you know, because. In Junior Parker's and Elvis's version of Mystery Train, you know, it says that train took my baby, but it never will again. That's not going to happen again, by golly, you know. Yeah, yeah. But that's not that can't be the, the way the story is, you know. <laughs> it it it, it uh, it's going around the bend, and it took my baby, and she ain't coming back again. <laughs> you know, that's uh, yeah. And, and didn't even tell me where that train was going. That's why it's a mystery. I love that you uh, you did uh, fourteen dollars in the bank by Paul Delay. Yeah, yeah. Well, they always wanted to have Paul at that festival, at that Calgary Blues Festival. It was one of the great festivals in Canada. Uh huh. Uh, Alberta's lucky; they got two of them. They got the one in Edmonton, which is just beyond tremendous, and the Calgary one, which is a legendary thing. And Paul was never able to make it up there, hmm. and so. They called me and they talked about putting together some kind of tribute to Paul Delay show, and I said, mm -hmm. you know, we we did a lot of that, mm -hmm. and 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 I could just see Paul looking at me funny try, if I was trying to do that, <laughs> rolling his eyes. There he goes again. You know, I I thought, you know, I can bring Peter Damon up here. We'll have you know two guys from that band that still occasionally play together, mm -hmm. and, and we can do. We could do uh, at least one of his songs. Yeah. yeah. We we did a lot of other songs on that set, too, uh, that aren't on the CD, but, you know, there were little sonic things wrong with them, like the guitar mm -hmm. and bass went out of tune on one track that they oh. were playing great on. But, mm -hmm. uh, And I'm, I'm not one for fixing things in the studio. Mm -hmm. Neither one of these live albums have any punch-ins or overdubs really? or fixes. Wow. Uh, you know, go in and re-sing this line because you were a little flat on it. None of that stuff. It's just the way it came out on the I, stage. I, I agree with you. I, you know, I, I've been doing my radio show remote, you know, for a year and a half now, and and I, I get to write my the stuff I, I I would say I would the song would end and I would just open the mic and say the first thing that came into my head. Uh, I missed that, but now I get to write all all the voicers. And I would try to be really exact, right? And if I made a mistake, mm -hmm. I'd go back and, and do it again and do it again and do it again because I make a lot of mistakes. And But then I, 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 I thought, you know what? If I flub a little bit, I'm going to keep that in, you know? It just mm -hmm. makes it sound natural. You know? Yes. It's not, it's, You're like a human being. So, somewhat, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be, you know, it's probably me playing a couple of clams on this live at Herman's record. And 
and and you hear me kind of a, on a couple of tunes, just kind of noodling and doodling at the end of them, like, as I sometimes do in a club show. Well, why I not? wanted it to I wanted to feel like you know at any period of my career going to see me in a club show. Yeah. This is yeah. this is what I would have you know this is the stuff I would have been playing when I was fifteen or twenty or forty five or you know I'm going to do Wait in the Water and and CC mm-hmm. Rider. Yeah. Which is another yeah. song that I I kind of you know tweaked a little bit because I think a lot of versions of it they rock it up and the story gets lost. This is a this is a powerful love story. Uh huh. It's it's a yeah. I don't. I'm not sure it's the oldest song on the album, but I know it goes back into the at least around the turn of the century. And I think uh-huh. I think my bucket's got a hole in it. it might go back into the 19th century. <laughs> yes, because it's been a long time since. A beer was sold by the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's uh, I first heard the song on Hank Williams's record of it. Hank Williams and the Drifting Cowboys. Uh-huh. And I played with some of those guys later on. I played with Don Helm huh. uh, in Birmingham. But that's the only record Hank ever made that he played. He himself played the guitar solo on it. Huh. Huh. He played the lead guitar solo. And the reason he did it is he'd been taught the song and taught how to play it by this African-American blues musician named Rufus Payne. Uh-huh. It basically showed him how to play the guitar and taught him a lot of these. And that's why there's so much blues in Hank Williams, because uh-huh. uh-huh. a blues guy taught him how to play. Right, right. And uh, <laughs> people don't realize how much of that there was going around. Uh, you know, a, 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 an African-American musician, uh Blues artist and all-around musician named Arnold Schultz taught Bill Monroe how to play. <laughs> you know, bluegrass music comes out yeah. of somebody sitting down with a blues musician. Right, right. And that same guy taught the father of the Everly Brothers how to play guitar. He taught Ike Everly how to play blues on the guitar, and Ike taught it to Don and Phil. You know what I wanted I think, to ask you? Yeah. Did you ever know Pee Wee King? Never knew him. Huh. Never just, met. Never I met him. Had just done a little research on. Tennessee Waltz, yeah. which he wrote. His name was Julius Kaczynski, and he was a Polish. Uh-huh. He was a Polish Jew, uh-huh. <laughs> and unionized Ryman Hall. <laughs> Good <laughs> for he gets, him. Gets the credit for it, and so he he writes Tennessee Waltz with some other guy, right? And um, who picks it up? Erskine Hawkins. Yeah, he yeah, records yeah. it. Jerry Wexler gets gets up, gets up with that that recording, and gives it to Patty Page. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. American music is nuts. <laughs> it, it 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 absolutely is. You can't you can't see it coming, and you start. You, you know, there's if you've got a song like. You know, my neighbor in Huntsville, Alabama, Alton Delmore, wrote a song called Blues Stay Away From Me. Uh-huh. Now, that's a great country song. It's a great kind of hillbilly song. Uh-huh. But it's also it also was recorded by B.B. King and by Lonnie Johnson. Oh, sure. 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 And, 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 you know, when you have white blues songs that black artists want to play, you know, and they want to play it because they dig the tune. Uh-huh. That's that's some real pride right there, man. Man, I, I don't know how I would feel if 
if one of these guys ever recorded one of my songs, you know, <laughs> I, I'd be over the wall. I mean, I'd have given anything to hear hear Bobby Blue Bland sing sing one of my songs with that voice. You know, it's it's also interesting is that there were white musicians and composers who wrote songs that black people recorded. Yeah. <laughs> what's that song? Yeah. Uh, what's that? What's that? Um, Peggy Lee song that she did. Um, Fever. No, not Fever, because she Otis Otis Blackwell wrote that. Yeah. Uh, oh, jeez. Anyway, I can't find it at the moment, but uh, I'll find another time. Anyway, uh, she, she wrote it. Louis Jordan recorded it, right? Mm. <laughs> and then everybody thought, oh, this is one of those things where where the the uh, you know the, the the black musician stole from the white musician. Meanwhile, she wrote the song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you know, Mose Allison has a wonderful tune called "Ever Since I Stole the Blues." Yes, <laughs> I've played that. I have played that on that song on my, on my show. You're, if you're gonna if you're gonna play the blues, you you just gotta approach it with respect. Sure. And 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 realize where it, where it comes from as an art form, and the debt the world owes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's many cases in life, in in. You know, art and in other areas of life too, especially in music, where you look back at a period of time, and you see, you can see quite clearly that it was the people of that time who had the least, who contributed the most. Mm-hmm. Who you, you know, the rich people of the time the blues was arising, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't contribute anything to civilization. Right. You know, they built some first national banks around or something and imitated some <laughs> columns or whatever from Europe. Yeah. But they, they didn't, they didn't contribute anything lasting. Mm-mm. But, but here are these, here are these people that were forbidden to learn to read and write, uh, basically living in, uh, under terrorist regimes in the southern states. Uh, and, and they, they contribute this art form that, you, you know, it's a it's a liberating music, um, and, and it you, you know how is it that the most can be contributed by the people that had the least? Uh-huh. You know, that's that's a great mystery of life. Yeah, yeah. That song that I was trying to think of is called "You Was Right, Baby," mm. and mm. Louis Jordan had it and did well, very well with it. But also Peggy Lee, who wrote it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny. Well, well you, you, you know, you you can have a lot of fun with Lewis Jordan. I mean, like, oh yeah. If there are any, if there are any kids out there just interested in the history of music, here's a here's a here's a trick for you. Go to go to Little Richard and play Keep a Knocking, but you can't come in. Yeah. And then go back and listen to Lewis Jordan's version of the same thing. Uh huh. And then go back to the things that he's covering, mm-hmm. and you just follow it on back until you and it get lost in the fog of time. <laughs> you know, you, you know, little little Richard is is acting out of a hokum tradition that was around, uh, you know, before anybody ever thought of the twentieth century. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. It's uh. This, this, you know, I think uh, the main thing for me is I keep listening to all the young guys. I keep learning a lot of stuff from uh, all kinds of music. 
I think a musician that only listens to the music of his own generation is, you know, just rolling down a dead end street. Yep. Uh, you, you know, you want to hear everything. Um, right. Right. You, 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 you know, you know if, you're, if you're out there and you love Stevie Ray Vaughan, that's great. But, man, you ought to go listen to the, the compositions of Mickey's, Mickey's Theodorakis that we just lost. Mm-hmm. And you talk about blues. This was a guy that stood up against the right-wing tyranny in his own country, Greece. And and when the military junta took over, they they put him into prison. They tortured him, trying to make him give up the names of his, you know, the guys that ran with him, and he wouldn't mm-hmm. do it. He never mm-hmm. did. So mm-hmm. they buried him alive. Mm. They buried him alive and and left him to die, and. Somehow somebody got wind of it and found out and found out where they buried him and dug him up before he was dead. Wow. And so, you know, what do you do? He comes right back, right back into protesting again, walks right back into the mouth of the lion. This is this is like a hero for all humanity. Hmm. And, you you know, the level of uh, music that he composed mm-hmm. not just movie soundtracks like zorba the greek and mm-hmm. serpico and mm-hmm. all that stuff but uh symphonies and concertos uh, and uh, how many of these melodies he wrote while he was buried alive <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but uh <laughs> you, you, you know here's here's a guy that has got gravitas that carries you know that's looked into the heart of the fire and mm-hmm. came through it Mm-hmm. Hmm. It was against the law to, to sing his songs in his own country for a long time. Wow. Yeah, it's against the law to perform them or play them. You'd get arrested if you played him on the radio. Well, that's coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope I don't get you thrown into jail, you know, because you played party in the room next door one too many times. <laughs> no, I think we're pretty safe at KMHD. You know, yeah, it, I hope uh, so. Know, well, no, KMHD is... Has uh, you know when we when when this stuff when as a matter of fact when when Trump was first elected, you know I said to to the boss over there I said you know the thing that the the, the, two, the most important things things two things that we can do are um, comfort and um, inspire. Yes, and that's what well, of course so. I, I, that's what I do anyway. But I mean I I've, I've, I've definitely tried to do that. Well, I can get them to shake shake their ass a little bit, but you know, <laughs> it's all part of inspiration. Well, you know, I set my band down about that time, and I said, John Lee Hooker said, "Blues is the healer." Yep. So we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna put together a show emphasizing the healing power of the blues mm-hmm. to heal the whole world. Yeah. And he wasn't jiving. He wasn't joking and jiving when he said it. He didn't say it just to you know get a catchy song. He mm-hmm. really meant it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, I think a lot of young people think blues is downer music, but it's music that lifts you up when you've been knocked down. Oh, yeah. It, it, if if it doesn't lift you up, it's not real blues. It's, it's, right. it's worthless. And it can you know, give you a smile. You know, uh, Lisa Mann's uh, tune, It's the Monkeys or Me, was just nominated for an award. Yeah. It's the Monkeys or Me. You got to choose, son. It's the monkeys or me. That's a funny uh-huh. song. It's a funny song. Uh huh. I like that. The blues. Definitely the blues. 
<laughs> and and you just you just go through the song titles. I mean, you you look at like Curtis Salgado. You you got still going down there. He he had one called Money Must Think I'm Dead. <laughs> oh, and I wish my dog. I wish my dog would love live longer. People yeah. love that song. Yeah, yeah. I wish my dog would would live longer. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. How would you like us to? What song would you like us to go out on? When we uh, well, this? can you play anything from the new record yet? Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think the Mystery Train. Good choice. Let's take that Mystery Train. Yeah. Yeah. Because it it really it really kind of shows off my band and what a what a mm-hmm. bunch of groove monsters I've assembled here and what you're trying to do, yeah, yeah, and how yeah. different it is. I mean, if you if you just you know you think about you know the, the original version or Elvis's version or anybody's version, mm-hmm. it's, it's nothing nothing like what you do to it with it. Well, it's uh you know it seemed to me that the story would be told and yeah, you know every. Piano players are famous for coming up with versions of the sound of railroad tracks, you know, yes. railroad trains. Right. Mead Lux Lewis's Honky Tonk Train Blues and all uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. And, and I just thought this this thing rolling in and rolling slowly around the bend, it kind of sounds like what we were doing there uh-huh. to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a mystery. It's a mystery. You the know, question, question is, what said, is the mystery? What is the mystery? That's the that, question. You know, history is his story. <laughs> yes. Mystery is my story. <laughs> <laughs> and don't believe for a second he didn't mean that. <laughs> mystery is M-Y, my story. <laughs> All right. And with that, Mr. Vest, I thank you thank for your you time. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. And uh, we're going to play that. Uh, and as I like to say at the end of all these, that's entertainment. Yes. <laughs> you entertain me. Thank you. Train a ride. Sixteen coaches. Got my baby and gone Train, train Moving on down the line Train, train Moving on down the line Well, my baby's gone Ain't no use in crying